Welcome to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 121 of the Mind Body Musing podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and I am super excited today to be talking about a book I recently picked up and read within a few days. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson. I don't cuss on this podcast, so... I'm going to have to think of how to creatively uh, talk about the word because he says it a million times, but don't worry, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll stay clean. But I'm super excited to be talking about this because if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I had been taking a whole bunch of photos of my highlighted books and that's this book if anyone was wondering that's the book that I've been reading so the author is Mark Manson I reached out to him I would love to get him on the podcast so keep your fingers crossed but in the meantime get this book it's amazing and like the subtitle says it is a very counterintuitive approach to living a good life it's very opposite of the messages that you hear of be great, be successful, be this, be that. You have all the power within you. While I think all of that is true, he also has a lot to say about letting yourself just live the life you want to live and let that be great. And you don't have to do greatness according to great, I'm doing that in quotations marks, great people's standards. So it's easier for him if you, it's easier if you just check out the book to see exactly what I'm saying. But in this podcast, I'm going to give you some of the key points of things that I learned that I want you to take away. Now, I am not Mark Manson, so I'm going to do my darnest to say things the way I believe he would say them. But the best way to get the insight that I'm trying to share today is to get the book, read it, highlight it, scratch it up, love it. Before we head on over, here is the review of the week, and this comes from Crystal and Jay, and she says, Maddie is awesome with five stars. Maddie always has entertaining, inspiring, insightful, and enjoyable podcasts. I can't get enough of them. I listen to her podcast every morning when I go on my morning run. Thank you for what you do. I'm in a much better place today. You are so welcome, Crystal Lynn. Thank you so much for leaving a review on the show. Guys, if you haven't yet, leaving a review on the podcast is the best way to support the show to keep going. It is a way that iTunes knows, oh, this show is good. I like this show. Let's put it up on the ranks. And it's not for an ego thing. It's not that, oh, yeah, I want to be high on the ranks. It's so that more people find it. When I stay in that top 100 section of health podcasts, I don't even know why I'm in health. I guess self-help is what health could be categorized as, I don't know. But when I stay in there, more people find me because a lot of people search in the 100 
top podcast section conveniently to find next good podcast they want to listen to. So when you leave a review, I stay there. And it's super important that I consistently get these reviews. So if you haven't yet, just pull up the iTunes app on your computer, search for my podcast, click write a review, and then you can write one in and it'll be amazing. Some quick announcements before we head on over to the show. First of all, if you want to dive deeper with me and deconstruct the limiting beliefs holding you back in life to take that next step in your life, whether it be a business idea, a passion idea, or just letting loose the things that no longer serve you, you can apply for my one-on-one coaching on my coaching tab on my website, maddiemoon.com, or you can go straight to maddiemoon.com slash coaching. Right there, you'll see the apply now button, click that, and I will read read your application and let you know if I think you would be a good fit for my coaching program. It is not for everyone. And that's why I do an interview with each prospective client because it takes a lot. It's a lot of open-mindedness and sharing and coming to the table every other week, ready to dive really deep and to be open and to be available for yourself, to actually care for yourself. And I only work with clients for a minimum of six months. So ask yourself if you can commit to that. If you think you're ready, if you're at a time and a place in your life where you're eager to learn and to grow, that's for you. If you want more insight and you do want to dive deep, but you're not ready for a six-month one-on-one commitment, but you do want to hear from more experts around the world, basically, if you really dig the podcast, but you want to take it to the next level, sign up for the Freedom Lounge. There's no contracts. You can try it out for a month, see if you like it. If it's not for you, okay. If it is for you, awesome, because there's going to be videos every month of me telling you how the topic of the month personally affected me. There's going to be a book club aspect where we all read a book together a book that either I have not read yet or a book that I have that I absolutely love. This month I have my personal coach Jake Ducey on and I interview him about about purpose and we're reading his book, The Purpose Principles. It's amazing and it's so much fun. And there's also a group coaching call. There's a new aspect to this. So the group coaching call is only going to be available and accessible to the people that are in the Freedom Lounge when the call happens. So say you join the day after the coaching call, you will not receive the call, but you will get it the next month when I have the next call. But if you join a month later, you'll get all the previous tools, modules, everything from the months before, except for the coaching call. So say you sign up next month, you'll get everything we talked about in regards to purpose for this month. You'll have access to that except for the coaching call that will only go out via email to the people that are in the freedom lounge. When the call happens, you can either come live or you can listen to the replay. You'll get both of those things. So if you want to make sure that you're in the coaching call, you get to ask questions. You get to talk to me on the call, get the questions answered, join the Freedom Lounge. Join the Freedom Lounge. You'll get that. You'll get tons of resources, tools, the interviews, the videos, all the awesome stuff. You can go sign up for that at thefreedomlounge.com. Last but not least, the Forever Free Retreat. I'm so freaking ecstatic about last weekend. It was incredible. So many amazing women that came and showed up and we had honestly so much fun. And I learned so many great things about all these girls, but I also believe that they left feeling refreshed, energized, ready to deconstruct their own limiting beliefs in their real life and take that next step, whatever it may be for them. So I have announced the next dates for the Forever Free Retreat, and that's December 1st to the 4th. So you can go to the coaching tab on my website, scroll down to retreats and apply there. If you would like to come, 
to Boulder, Colorado, December 1st to the 4th and be a part of the next forever free retreat. And if you already have applied, maybe, um, I'm, maybe I'll reach out to you and say, Hey, here are the next dates, or you can reach out to me if you have not heard from me yet and say, I'm still interested in the forever free retreat. Cause I know a lot of you people, <laughs> a lot of you people, uh, applied for the last retreat, but I, I probably got 150 applications and I only took eight people. So I'm, I'm going to go back through and look at some of them and email some of you guys, but I can't make any promises that I'm going to be able to email everybody. So if you really want to come to this one, December 1st to the 4th, reach out to me and uh, we can make it happen. All right. So that's all the announcements for today. Let's get started with episode 121, the subtle art of not giving an F. So here is this most incredible book, and here I am going to try to basically summarize and pull out the key points of the things that I have learned in this book that I really want you to go away with. This podcast will be very helpful, but you'll be able to take it to the completely new level if you actually dive in and read the stuff that he wrote with his genius brain. So first of all, what does it mean to not give an F? What does that mean? And when I first heard this title, I was like, are you not caring about anything? No, basically what Mark is trying to say in this book is that we, in today's society, give Fs about way too many things. We care about way too many things. We make little tiny things into big deals. We make mountains out of molehills. For example, if someone gives us change back in nickels, we're angry, we're mad at them. If someone wears a ridiculous outfit to a press conference, we make fun of them, we're mad at them, we judge them. If some tiny detail goes wrong in your life, you make it a huge deal and you put all your time and energy into it. Little things that should not be big deals really make us angry and take away our time and our energy. If we see a video that we don't agree with online or on YouTube, we feel the need to comment about it. Well, hopefully none of you guys, my followers, don't do that. But since I am a YouTuber, I know there are people out there that do do that and it sucks. It's not cool. But... On both sides of the spectrum, we need to learn how to not be those commenters, right? Or not we, but they need to learn how to not be commenters that are mean on people's videos. But also on the other hand, learning how to be the one receiving the comment and not care so much to not give an F, right? So saying F it is not about saying F it to everything in life but to everything unimportant in life. That's the basis of this book is learning how to say effort to everything not important, to let it go. To You know how I'm always saying let go, it is no longer serving you? Stressing about tiny things, probably, yeah, that's probably stressing you out. Getting mad about everything. And this can go really hand in hand with the trivial concerns that a lot of us have in our life of obsessing over tiny details or things that no one else cares about, thinking that everyone cares about, or living our life trying to people please others. When in reality, you can't please everyone, nor should you try, because you're going to end up wasting your own life away. So one of the things Mark talks a lot about in his book are values. I love this section. He talks about what makes good values and what makes bad values. And values are pretty much what our entire lives are based around. Everything we do, the motive behind it is our value. We have core values. Some of us are walking around with subconscious values that we don't even know about. For example, popularity. That's one of the examples he gives. But we're searching for popularity, and that's a very, very, very bad value because popularity is based off of other people. It is 
socially destructive and it's not controllable. You cannot do anything about it. So when your value is always something that other people can control, your value is in a wrong place. Let me just tell you, that is not a good place for your values to be. Now, on the other hand, here's another great example he gives. Honesty is a good one, a good one because it's reality-based, it's socially constructive, and it's controllable. You have control over it. It reflects reality and it benefits others. When you have a value that is based within yourself of something you can do, trust me, you're going to feel a lot more and more in control and you're going to have a very much more optimistic life because you know when something goes astray, you can change it. You're responsible for it or you can promote something else and what a powerful place that is to be. So here are some examples of really poor values. Here are the three examples he gives in his book. Number one, pleasure. And this is an excerpt from what he said. Pleasure is a false god. Research shows that people who focus their energy on superficial pleasures end up more anxious, more emotionally unstable, and more depressed. Pleasure is the most superficial form of life satisfaction and therefore the easiest to obtain and lose. So if your value is something that can easily be lost, you're not going to feel very fulfilled. And you're always going to be searching for a way to feel fulfilled. You're constantly going to be searching high after high after high. If you're someone that just wants pleasure, you're going to be looking around at the media asking you, how can you get more of it? Because the media is the best place to get ideas for pleasure. And it's never going to lead you to a place where you feel truly fulfilled because it is fleeting. The second one is material success. Of course, as we all know, there are plenty of people out there searching for a better car, a better home, a better this, a higher paycheck, but it's never really enough. It's the same thing of perfection. It's it's looking for that unobtainable thing. And material success, of course, you can obtain material success and lots of different things, but will it leave you to happiness? Is that a good value standard? No, not at all. And here's why. Research shows that beyond providing basic necessities of food, shelter, having savings, insurance, all that stuff, the correlation between happiness and world success is close to none. So when you're able to provide for everything that you you need, plus most likely things that are nice to have, like being able to go travel and stuff like that, you will not receive more happiness, more satisfaction, or more fulfillment with more stuff beyond that level. So you're going to be seeking forever, endlessly, for more and more, thinking that if I just had this bigger TV, I'd be happy. If I would just be able to have that. Now, we've all heard this before, but have you ever thought about it being a value in your life? Have you ever thought about, have you been motivated by material success as a value to do what you do, to be who you are? Is material success a motivator to be you? So ask yourself that. Have you been driving your emotions, your thoughts, your actions by the pursuit of material success? The third one is always being right. And this is probably my favorite one because what he tries to describe is that the point is not to always be right because people who are always right, whether you're actually right or wrong is irrelevant, but people who are always striving to be right and who get at the end of an argument to say, I'm right, they will never grow. They're not learning. They're not, they're not progressing as a human being. They're not taking the time to see, hmm, how can I be wrong? So then again, you're also missing the factor of humility. And that's a huge component of being a human being is being able to learn because that is how you grow. So if your value is to always be right, you're going to be the most stagnant human being on planet Earth. Being uncertain is not a bad thing. Mark describes a lot about 
how it's actually a positive thing to be in the pursuit of uncertainty. It's okay. Aim to aim to doubt yourself. Aim to be uncertain. Don't try to have everything figured out because when you have everything figured out, you're not going to be growing anymore and you may just end up being a jerk as well. So aim to be uncertain. Doubt yourself. Doubt your beliefs. Don't always have this focus of being super strong in your beliefs. And I I thought this was kind of mind-blowing as well because like the subtitle says, it is a counterintuitive approach to having a good life. And there's always this praise behind being so certain in who you are and what you want and blah, blah, blah. I think there's a fine line because I enjoy being a person who knows what I want. I enjoy being a person that has morals and values and, and appreciates those morals and values as long as I'm keeping on track of those values to making sure they're in the right place and I don't have values such as material success or always being right or pleasure. But at the same time, it is an interesting thing to think about being in the pursuit of uncertainty and doubt in your in your in what you know so that you can continue to grow and never think that never think that anything is completely right or wrong, but always be in the pursuit of figuring out what feels right to you and being open to being wrong about that. He also talks about how we're all wrong, period. No one is right. We're all wrong. And in 15 years, we'll just be less wrong because we'll know more. And then 20 years after that, we'll be a little less wrong more. We're never right. We're always just less wrong. So be in the pursuit of being less wrong, but don't always be in the pursuit of being right. Humility. Know that you are not a god. You are a human being capable of incredible things. But have that open-mindedness to say sometimes things are weird or things suck or this is sad and this hurts and not trying to be invincible to emotions and to feelings and to put on a, a face saying this doesn't hurt me or I'm right when in reality you know that something is hurting you you're feeling emotions let the emotions flow let yourself be wrong let yourself experience that humility Do something you're not amazing at just to feel what it's like to be humble physically. Okay, so here's a a great example of values that he gives inside of the book. Excuse me, I'm drinking my coffee. So here's a great example. He talks about the band Metallica and how Metallica, when they just signed their record label, they kicked out one of the members of the band And that member of the band was so angry and so distraught and depressed. But he wanted to go out and make an even bigger band than them. So he created Megadeth. And his whole life, he tried to be bigger than Metallica. Whenever Metallica came out with a new album and sold so many records, Megadeth would try to sell more than that, more records than that. And the guy who was kicked out of Metallica and started Megadeth eventually got to a point where he admitted that he was depressed and sad because he could never beat Metallica's success. He could never beat the success of Metallica. Now, to someone who is playing garage music or has a garage band, what, garage music? I don't even know if that makes sense. But playing in a garage, the success of Megadeth is probably very envious. It looks amazing. It looks amazing to someone like, like that. But to him, it was never enough because of his values. His value was to be bigger than Metallica. So as long as his value was superstitious, socially destructive, 
and not controllable, the three keys that make a bad value, then he was not going to feel fulfilled or happy. He was giving out too many Fs to the wrong things. He should have been focusing on other things like feeling fulfilled, playing music because it feels good to him, getting on a stage because it excites him, but his value was completely based on Metallica, so he was always looking over the fence at what they were doing, how they were doing it, and it was never enough because he couldn't control the success of the two bands. He couldn't say that he was happy or fulfilled because he wasn't yet there where Metallica was. Now that is a great example of a poor value, valuing the success greater than someone else. And that would be a metric, metric, um, me how you measure your, your values and your success as a human being. So the metric was, am I bigger than Metallica yet? Nope. Okay. Not there yet. And his entire life, he spent focusing on that. What, what, how sad, how sad. Something on the outside can look like success to all of us, but on the inside for someone else, it could be painful, it could be miserable. The other example of a good value is the Beatles. And some of you may not know this. I didn't know this until I read his book. Um, I guess probably because I missed this. I wasn't alive quite yet. <laughs> but there was another member of the Beatles. His name was Pete Best. And he was also kicked out of the band. He was kicked out of the Beatles and he went through a period of depression and sadness, but eventually he found love. He had a family and his values changed. He could have gone out and said, okay, I want to create the next best Beatles band, but I want to be better than Beatles and I want to have more success and I want to um, have them opening for me because I'm so good and I just want to be number one, blah, blah, blah. He could have done that, but he would have been chasing the Beatles his whole life. Instead, he refocused his values. His value was... At first, I want to be one of the Beatles or I want to be better than the Beatles, but it switched to I want to have this family and I want to feel good with this family and I want to protect this family and spend my life with this family that I'm creating. And that was within his control. That was reality. That was socially constructive and that was controllable, something within his power. So that's another great example that Mark gives inside of the book about how you can really change your values to change your entire life because you can have this material success. You can have this life that looks cool on the outside, but really it's not. And here's a personal example for me. When I got really, when I went to go travel recently, and I've talked about this a couple times, but when I was traveling, I was having the best time ever. I was having an incredible time until about two months. That's when I got really tired. I was pretty exhausted. It was a lot on my body, a lot on my mind. It was taking a lot of focus away from my business. I missed home. I missed my family, but my value was going from a pure place over to a socially destructive place. My value, I think, was turning towards the side of the way people saw me, if they saw me as cool, that I was this traveler working from my computer anywhere in the world. I know it looked cool because whenever I look at other people, other digital nomads online doing it, I'm like, that's so cool. I'm envious. And I was feeling cool about everyone else thinking that about me. But I caught myself very quickly because I know when I have a bad value and a good value because the way it feels in my bones and it did not feel good. And I had to stay true to myself. So I said, that is not a good value. 
my value is to feel aligned with myself and feel like 100% Maddie Moon. That's kind of a weird way to put it, but that's true. I want to always feel 100% Maddie Moon. And I know that feeling in my bones. I know what that feels like. And I was feeling like 50% Maddie Moon, sometimes 40% Maddie Moon. And I wanted to feel 100% because I knew what that felt like. So I called myself out on my BS values. And I remembered what values feel true to me. And that's serving the world in a best way possible for me in the way that feels right for me. And traveling was taking away from that service that I was able to provide, that I'm able to provide as as who I am. So be able to call yourself out on these things whenever you see that your values are shifting or changing and going from internal to external. How does the world see me? How do I want to be seen? What can I do to make people like me? How can I get more popularity? Those things are out of your control. And a lot of times I talk about the art of giving up control, but there are certain places in your life where you can absolutely take control. Your value is one of those things. Instead of focusing so much on controlling what other people think of you, control your values. Talk about a project. Focus on your values and what's important to you. When you get clear on your values, those trivial concerns that are taking away a lot of your time and energy and focus and leaving you crying on the bathroom floor will start to get smaller and decrease and decrease because they're not going to be as important because they don't match up with you anymore. They're not in your value system. Now, real quickly, I don't have a crazy amount of time to go over these, nor do I want to because I want you to read the book. But here are five counterintuitive values that he talks about in the book. The first one, responsibility. He says a radical form of responsibility. This is taking responsibility for everything that occurs in your, in your life, regardless of who is at fault. How beautiful is that? Think about that sister, that mother-in-law, that friend you have in your life that says stuff to you that really just uh, pushes your buttons, makes you mad. What if you took responsibility for that? Think about that person who judges you or comments on on things about you or, or puts you down. What if you took responsibility for that? Now, taking responsibility is not the same thing as being at fault. This is another thing Mark talks about. Literally, just everything I'm talking about, just so you know, is compliments of Mark. But think about it this way. You do not have to be the one to blame. You're not the one at fault, but you can take responsibility. And he gives a, a perfect example of a girl in his life that he was dating who cheated on him. And he, she was the one at fault for the cheating. Of course, he wasn't going to have to take the fault, but he was responsible for what he did for it. He let himself feel, the, feel his emotions, feel it out, and get to a point where he knew he could move on. But then it's up to him to actually move on. Are you at a point where you're, you felt your emotions for long enough and now it's time to move on? If so, you're the only person stopping yourself. So what if you said for the next 100 days, for the, for the rest of the year, you're going to take responsibility for everything that incurs in your life, regardless of who is at fault. The job loss, the breakup, anything. Take responsibility regardless of who is at fault. Number two, uncertainty. And I talked about this one earlier, but the art of acknowledging your own ignorance and having a constant cultivation of doubt in your belief system, not in your values, but in your belief system. What are the things you've been believing? Because there could be a lot of limiting beliefs in your life that you're not doubting, that you should be doubting. Think, and limiting beliefs are beliefs that have been passed down to you from someone else's stories. 
you're a woman, so you can't have this much success as me. You're quiet, and therefore you could never be a business owner. You're the oldest. Your job is just to stay at home and take care of everyone always. Think about the things in your life you haven't doubted. Maybe there are tons of beliefs that have been holding you back. Things that you were told that you think are true because you haven't even taken the time to second guess them, to doubt them. So the art of uncertainty. The next one is, mm, love this one, failure. The willingness to discover your own flaws and to fail. Because honestly, if I could tell you anything, failing is how you get to where you want to be or at least being at risk for failure is how you get to where you want to be. No one just succeeds and, and doesn't face the opportunity for failure. No one. There's always failure with anything. If you want to take the next step in your life, you have to risk failing. Say you're struggling with something, some kind of, you're, you're struggling with some kind of disorder or you are going after a, an idea of making your own jewelry and you really want to, but you're afraid of rejection or you're afraid of being held back. Well, okay, maybe you might get rejected. Maybe you might be held back. Maybe you might relapse. Okay, yeah, but you got to try. And after that happens, after that rejection happens, that failure happens, you try again. Yeah, you try again if you really want it. If you decide, no, it's not for me, that failure is just, it was too hard on me, it was, the rejection just hurt too badly, I need to rethink my own values, this and that, yeah, then maybe you need some time. But if not, and if your values are in the right place, and they're pure, and they're true to you, keep going. The fourth one is rejection. This is huge. Learning the ability to hear no, and to also say no. This will help you to know what you will and will not accept in your life. Learn how to say no to things that are not serving you anymore or things or time in your day when you really need to rest. I posted on Instagram the other day my favorite quote by Bilbo Baggins when he says, I feel thin, sort of stretched like butter over too much bread. That's like my favorite way to describe how I feel when I'm being run dry or when my cup is empty. I feel like butter on way too much bread. There's just one tablespoon over 10 pieces. It just does not work. And I need time to turn my butter back up, okay? So learn how to say no whenever you need things, you need time for yourself. Even if that means getting a babysitter to watch the kids for an extra hour every week or an extra hour every day. Or if you ask your husband to help you out a little bit more around the kitchen, or you say no to helping someone with a party planning job because you need that time to rest, put your feet up. Or maybe you have an inspiration or an idea you want to grow, but you haven't had any time to grow it because you keep saying yes to working overtime for your friends. Think about where you need to say no more. And then also handle saying no. When people say no to you, how do you handle that? Learn how to handle no, and that will bring you more confidence in saying no and vice versa. The last one, I know I keep saying like, oh, I love this one, I love this one, but this one is my absolute favorite because I've said this many times myself. The very last one is understanding your own mortality and paying attention to the fact that we all have death coming for us at some point or another. Just the other day, my amazing friend Ginger, who is also on um, this podcast, who came to do a workshop at my retreat was in a car wreck. She's absolutely fine. But it was so surreal that something like this could just happen. Like my friend, my beautiful friend, Ginger, was just in a car wreck and something, it could have gone way worse. We could have lost her. And I'm so grateful we didn't. And that's terrifying. And the same thing goes for me. How many times in a day could I 
beyond the just the brink of, of death by if I swerved just a little bit too much to the left in my car, maybe I could have gotten hit and then boom. So knowing this, knowing your own mortality is is coming at some point, we're all going to die. Why not risk failure? Why not say no when you need to say no? Why not take responsibility for what's happening in your life? Why not go after that promotion or that relationship you think would just be wonderful for you? Or why not doubt your own beliefs? Why not? Life is short. Might as well continue learning. Might as well continue growing. So remember, whenever you're meriting all of this stuff, the point of his book is to refocus your values, have good values, and stop caring about things that aren't within that value system. Stop caring so much about little tiny things that, that are just distractions from your actual true values. Stop trying to distract yourself from, 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 from adopting failure. Stop trying to distract yourself with other things that will keep you busy and make you avoid the possibility of failing in this passionate thing that you have holding space in your heart. Just uh, go after it. Go after that thing holding space in your heart. Do it. Do it to it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I love this book. I hope I gave you some stuff to marinate on. If I were you, I would go back and take some notes because those are some of the most important notes that I took in this book, even though my whole thing is highlighted. But if you're if you're interested in learning more about how to shift your values and stop caring so much about things that aren't that important to you, I highly recommend you get this book. And for my parting thoughts, just remember you can sign up for the Freedom Lounge if you want to take this journey to the next step. You can apply for my one-on-one coaching and you can also apply for the Forever Free Retreat in December 1st to the 4th. Thanks so much, everyone. I love podcasting. I love you listening. This is all good fun and I'll see you guys next week.